Welcome to the Beeson Podcast, coming to you from Beeson Divinity School on the campus of Samford University. Now your hosts, Doug Sweeney and Kristen Padilla. Welcome to the Beeson Podcast. I am your host, Doug Sweeney. I am here with my co-host, Kristen Padilla, and we are excited today to have on the program with us a Beeson legend, uh, somebody who is so well-known and beloved here at Beeson that there is a scholarship named after her, someone who is so energetically involved in the ministries at Beeson that she's a member of the steering committee for the Dr. Smith scholarship that we're raising right now, somebody who is so uh, faithful to the Lord in pastoral ministry that uh, we invited her to come and preach in chapel this morning. She gave a marvelous sermon that we'll ask about in just a minute. Uh, Kristen, would you please introduce today's special guest? Yes, thank you, Doug, and hello, everyone. Today on the show, we have the Reverend Dr. Mary Moss. Dr. Moss is senior pastor of St. Alma Baptist Church in Lakeland, Louisiana. She is also the founder and executive director of Louisiana Area Women in Ministry and director of the Southeast Regional Biblical Institute. And Dr. Moss is a Beeson alumna, um, having graduated in 2009 with a Doctor of Ministry degree. So welcome, Dr. Moss, to the Beeson podcast. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you. Well, it's good to have you back on the show. We had you on the show, I believe, in 2020 when we did a um, special series focusing on racism, and you were one of four alumni on that um, panel conversation. Um, but I believe this is the first time uh, with just you as our guest. And so I would love for you to begin by um, introducing yourself, uh, telling our listeners where you're from and how you came to faith in Jesus Christ. Thank you. First of all, I want to thank uh, Dr. Doug Sweeney and uh, certainly you, Kristen, for keeping up with me and making sure that I arrive safely here. Uh, this is actually the first time that I've been on campus and in a podcast of this nature by myself. So we want to say thank you to some and to all of you who thought it not robbery to invite uh, Mary Moss to come back to these hallowed grounds that means mean so much to me. Not meant, means so much to me. Just to tell you a little bit about myself, I'm from Watson, Louisiana, a little rural community in Louisiana. I'm a, I'm one of eight children of uh, my mom and dad. Uh, we, when I say that we're small place, but we country, we're a little country place. I grew up with, and it was uh, very evident in my sermon today. Uh, my dad was an entrepreneur with building, but he also raised animals of all kinds and all sorts. And so we were able to draw from that. And he also was a carpenter. So we come from that kind of, of background. My mother was a Sunday school teacher for many, many years at our little country church. I grew up at a time when there were circuit preachers. They came once or twice a month. And it was from the revivals. We did actually two weeks of revivals at that time. And revivals were unique. I, I don't know if they are still doing them. I don't know if my grandchildren would, would appreciate that kind of revival we had with two weeks and one week you'll sit in nothing but prayer. And then you would sit on something called the mourner's bench. 
And they would always tell us that you can't. And I think I found out what they were talking about until you have met Jesus for yourself through the teaching and the preaching of the word, then you will not be a candidate for baptism. So we experienced Jesus through the teaching and preaching through that revival. This is the way that I came to the Lord. But I cannot tag it just to a revival because my dad was a deacon. And, and as I said, my mother was a Sunday school teacher. We were taught in home and at home uh, about God and the things of God. And it started even from the little prayers that we would have. We had to say prayers at night, uh, every night. And you literally, I guess I'm telling my age now, but we literally had to, to get on our knees and uh, say, now uh, uh, our, our little, ch- little children now lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. So we grew up on on the in that background and, and uh, with all of that in our household. Dr. Moss, you published a book not too long ago called Preach Moss, When She Heard the Call, that talks about your entrance into pastoral ministry. And we want our listeners to know a little bit about that book. We also want our listeners to know a little bit more about your call to pastoral ministry and your life as a pastor. So would you tell us what that book's about and uh, what your call was like? Sure. The book is entitled Preach Moss. And many people have asked, where did you get that title from, Preach Moss? Well, I've been preaching now, it's 30 years now that I've been in the preaching ministry. And when I when I started preaching, people would always say, preach most, because we grew up with a call and response tradition. And so as I would preach along the way, someone in the pulpit or someone in the audience would would simply say, preach most. And that has followed me down through the years until this day. And seemingly it has increased since the book came out. I get all kinds of messages of people will see me in Abersons and, uh, and no longer call me by name. They just simply say preach malls. And so, uh, you know, so is the name of that book. And then you asked the question about my call. My call came about 10 years before I accepted the call. I was uh, working for South Central Bell at that time, and I was a technician, so I was alone by myself. And the Lord spoke to my spirit and said, you're going to preach. And I looked around because I was like, huh, me? But it was true to the calling a definition rather of calling because it's such an urging it's a it's a sense of something god is doing and really he holds he held me rather under arrest until i answered him i I did not want to call for several reasons i was really having great fun at southern university and i did not want to stop having fun my way but the lord said clearly i have called you i've prepared you and i've called you to to preach. Then I did not want to deal with the traditional stuff. I did not want to have to deal with a backlash of being a female in ministry, a female preacher. And so I was quite fine. I was teaching Sunday school at Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church, a large congregation in Baton Rouge. And so I tried to compromise with God. God, you know, I'm, I'm faithful to this task and um, I'm okay with it. And But he said he wasn't. That was not what he called me to do. 
And so ultimately, I did acknowledge the call. And by protocol, you would always go into your pastor and acknowledge the calling on your life. And when I did so, uh, my pastor said, I've been waiting on you. I realized that call before you even got to me. And so that was my call. Other than and you, if you read my book, the first person I told was my husband, Carl. He was so sure of the call. I mean, that was baffling because I'm sitting there just going through all kinds of emotions and I'm going, Carl, Carl, I'm called. And he go, okay, I'm with you all the way. And, and ultimately he has proven to do so. But uh, that was the call. That was the initial calling from God. And we've continued to see it unfold. Now, when it comes to pastoral ministry, you thought I wasn't ready for the call to preach. Certainly, I wasn't ready for pastoral ministry. I don't know if that was because I was reared in, 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 the, in the country and it was traditional and somewhat conservative, but I never saw myself as a pastor. Some people say they received a call to pastor. I don't know if I received that call or God just opened it up for me and, and said, this is where you to be, because here's, here's the story. I was um, minister of Christian education at Shiloh Baptist Church, and I had graduated from New Orleans Baptist and uh, was given the job. And in my office one day, I got a call from Pastor Smith asking me to come to the front. And I was like, oh, Lord, what I've done now, what I've blown. And so when I when I got there, he said, take a seat. I took a seat and he said, there's a church looking at you. And I sort of, you know, what? He said, yeah, they uh, want you. They want you to be their pastor. And I remember the first thing I said to him, I said, Pastor? He said, yes, they came looking for you and you're well equipped, you're well prepared. And I, I think you will be a good fit. They asked my feelings about it. And I told them that you were the best one I had that they could uh, get and that you knew and you've been trained under me for, I think it was about 19 years that I served faithfully under Pastor Smith. And uh, I was um, trained not just in preaching, but administratively and uh, had the gifts of gift of organization and knew my spiritual gifts. So the maturation was there. So um, the church, the two deacons came from this little church looking for me. And so I said, well, okay, I'll, I'll meet with them. And they came to my office and met with me and assured me that they had been praying for a pastor. And guess what? The Lord showed them Mary Moss. Well, how can I argue with anybody who said God sent us to get you? And I didn't. I said, well, okay. And I was I was still testing God in some way because you know how in the process of getting a pastor, you have to uh, do this. Uh, they have all these candidates who, who are trying to qualify and apply. And I told them, I said, look, I'm not doing all that. If y'all say I'm called to be a pastor, then that's it for me. And so they once one lady called and said, please just do it for paperwork's sake. I said, that's the only way. I'm not going to compete with what God has already said that he had done. And I honor God and respect God. And I and I knew that when I prayed about it, that God had called me and they had and that played out throughout my pastoral ministry. Even when I had to make difficult calls, God always took the lead. 
Mm-hmm. Now, is this Dr. Moss, St. Alma Baptist Church that you're referring to? I am, St. Alma Baptist Church. So so your first church uh, in which you were called to pastor, you're still serving as pastor today, correct? Yes, I'll soon be in May. They will celebrate 15 years of pastoral ministry. That and um, I've been, that church has split and uh, they called me. And since then, it must have been a God move because folks started coming back. We started with 15 members and each week the Lord, as, as the New Testament, bear witness to the Lord added to the church as we continue to give leadership to that congregation. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk a little bit more about this church and uh, your pastoral ministry over the last almost 15 years. Um, I read that you were the first female senior pastor of this church. And as you've already described, um, you were sought after by this church to come and serve. And then there was a wonderful growth um, in those initial uh, three to four years as pastor. What has God done and still doing today in both your church and in your life and role as its pastor? God is doing great things. God is amazing. He just, he has, he has kept the energy and he has kept surprises, if you will, in our congregation. He is raising up leaders. One of the things that I am intrigued about is the in 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 Saint Alma is the balance between male and female. Um, I have uh, just as many men in my church as I do women, and they take mighty good care of this little old lady, and they follow the teachings of the church of the Bible for the New Testament. That I'm grateful. We 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 have not, and I'm amazed. Because as I said, I've had to call a couple of tough, uh, I've had to make a couple of tough calls because it did not line up with the word of God. It did not line up with what a New Testament church ought to look like, even down to the role of deacons and some of the practices that were traditional and cultural. And I'm amazed that I'm still there because of the fact that I'm at scripture. I rather obey God than men, but this church has been phenomenal in lining up, not only with the word of God, but lining up with the the structure that God has for the church. Jesus Christ is our head and underneath him is the shepherd, the pastor of the congregation. They honor that and they respect that and they line up as the body. It's amazing with so many churches that are splitting and so many church fights that I hear and so many, actually, I'm gonna be honest with you. I find pastors who are so discouraged and and can't get vision moving and can't push people toward the things of God because of tradition and because of what they think. And I'm amazed at what God is doing in our church because the truth is they truly have been 
they are really an example of a New Testament church. Dr. Moss, I'd like to change the subject just a little bit and ask you about the Southeast Regional Biblical Institute. Kristen mentioned at the top of the show that that's one of your ministries. You're the director of that organization. And we'd love for our listeners to know a little bit about it and what it does. Well, I'm glad you asked. It's, it's in phase two right now. But the initial start of uh, Southeast Regional Biblical Institute, we call it SRBI, came out of my desire to continue what I started at New Orleans Baptist and at Beeson Divinity School. I wanted people to have the opportunity to study the Word of God, pass the Sunday school out. It was my desire to help people to rightly, they had a love for God, but they there was something else that they had a hunger for, and it was to learn of him. And so out of that, I just saw the need for, for, for another level of Christian education and training to come to our local area. And a lot of folk were not able to do what I did. Because of my husband and, and his support, I was able to actually stop working and attend school. So what happened was, I never shall forget, I, I called Dr. Patricia Outlaw and I was like, you know, I gotta do something. I gotta help these people. I, they're asking questions and they're holding me after sermons. I preach somewhere because of, of the, my delivery and what I bring. They're asking, well, how did you arrive at that? How, where did you see that? What's your, what's your theological standing on that? What's the biblical aspect of that? And they didn't ask it quite like that, that you know, but I knew how to shape it for them. And so I called Dr. Patricia Outlaw and I said, I've got to do something. And she said, why don't you call Beeson? They have a, a ministry and training program. They should be able to help you. They already have it structured. And I, you know, I just jumped off the phone with her and I followed up and there it was. And so it started. And Dr. Pounds was in place then. And um, Lord gave me everything I needed. Uh, what are you trying to do? Yes, we can help you. And so from that point, we set up Southeast Regional Biblical Institute, and we literally used, thank God, the curriculum that was already in place with the MIT program, good and solid textbooks. So I was in hog heaven. I had all of this at my hand, and it was a certificate program. And because, and I need to say this, because a lot of time people try to reduce certificate programs. But for me and, and, and the graduates of SRBI, it has been just more than you all probably realize here at Beeson, uh, because they have gone on from SRBI, many of them, into other seminaries working on uh, their degree and moving on toward MDibs. So, I, I mean, I'm just so happy that uh, I made that call to Dr. Outlaw. And so we've had six, we've had, uh, we, we did that six years of the classes. Um, we've had over a hundred and hundred plus people to come through the program. And I think we had right at about 78 to graduate, something in about that number. Oh my God, you would never 
No. We had an actual graduation at Shiloh Baptist Church. That church holds from 700 to 800 people. Um, Dr. Uh, Blackburn, is it Blackburn or Blackwell? He, who's the present person with the MIT? He came down and uh, was a part of it. And um, just a fanfare and people from all over the city came to see their loved ones. And man, I tell you, I, I, it, it just gave us great pleasure. And these people have gone on in their local churches, and now they are teaching at a at another level. Male and female deacons, uh, ministers, um, uh, pastors, even uh, has been a part of that institute. And 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 lastly, I will say from that institute, they have built one of the things I'm very careful to do and sensitive about is recommending and providing text that they can study they got they have every textbook that we were given in the syllabus for our program to that kudos to be some divinity school and the mit program hmm, that's so wonderful pastor moss um, you are very passionate about uh, providing education and training and mentoring uh, to uh, ministers, to um, just the people of God. And I mentioned the Louisiana Area Women in Ministry. That's another place in which you are equipping, mentoring, and raising up uh, future leaders in the church, specifically women. Can you tell us more about that ministry, why you founded it, and um, what what you all are doing through uh, the Louisiana Area Women in Ministry. Yes, I'll be glad to. Uh, let me let me start this uh, this discussion about Louisiana Area Women in Ministry from um, again the biblical and theological position that I rest on. Uh, the word ministry diakonos means to serve. And many of these ladies were in congregations that they were either not allowed to serve, were not prepared to serve, and many of them were seated in positions, in wrong positions, um, did not know spiritual gifts and, and all of that. They had a need. So I went to my pastor. I, I don't have a problem going to where I need to go. So I went to my pastor and shared with him that um, these ladies were ministers and they really were just not doing anything. And Shiloh was a very large congregation. We had uh, been prepared, I had been prepared, and uh, he trusted my education. And so we uh, asked permission to form Louisiana Area Women in Ministry, and it will be soon 20 years in December. And, uh, and I wanted Louisiana Area Women in Ministry to be an incubate, incubator and an insulator for women in ministry. And so we built this on something again. I mean, BSIM is just all over me and in me because when I was doing my doctoral work, one of the things that I that I placed in my work and, and continued to expand on because of Dr. Robert Smith was a three-leg stool. And uh, we were dealing with it in my doctoral uh, work from another perspective. But then I took that same three-legged -leg stool concept to the Louisiana Area Women in Ministry. And so that ministry is built on three legs. One is training and education. 
The second one is sisterly support. And the other is uh, service to community, which is ministry. And so since um, we, we started that ministry, uh, I also did something that's called initially Those Preaching Women. It came out of um, Dr. Mitchell. I don't know if you're familiar with her, Dr. Ella Mitchell, Henry and Ella Mitchell. And we started something called Those Preaching Women, which after I would teach them basic biblical uh, teaching and then sermon preparation and et cetera, hermeneutics, homiletics, I, I taught every class it was. But after receiving that, then we did preaching labs and those women would give, get an opportunity. We'll invite the community and their family so they had opportunity to preach. So I believe that good preaching also come with practicing the craft. And so we, we were able to get to have them to do that. But that's not the only thing they do. We do a great job of taking care of each other and people in the community. But one thing that we've really done that I'm very, very proud of is ministry. We went into an underprivileged and an underserved community, and we realized that they needed help. Ministry come out of a need. Families were uh, fragmented. And so we asked God to show us, being small, what, what part could we play? What would he have us to do? So we actually, in that community, only served 10 streets. In those 10 streets, we, we did uh, an adopt a street. We pray for that street. When we hear something going on in the news because it's, a, it's violence and all of that, we go into prayer. Not only that, but we took that house. One of the old residences gave us use of that house. We stripped it. Twelve women, zero budget. We stripped that house all the way to the studs and we restored that house. And we did not do it alone. Whenever you are doing work for God, he will always send you somebody. So we always had partners, electricians, contractors, even a guy redrew the plans and all of that. And we built this house. And so now it sits in that community as the resource center. Presently, we build programs out of that. We have a tutoring program, but even beyond the tutoring program, we have what's called um READ, an acronym that serves as uh, an acronym for our interventionist program, kids who are not reading on level. So we take kids from uh, kindergarten and, and up to third grade, and we work with them individually with professional people to put them on, on level. Not only that, out of that, we have um, chess camps. We have um, uh, we also have Art Camp. We, we partner with LSU Museum of Art. So it's just tons of things we do. We do cleanup before coming up here. We partnered with Go Baton Rouge, Go Big Baton Rouge, where again, we partnered with LSU students and they came out and cut branches and clean up the landscape and the beautify the place. So we're involved in ministry. Dr. Moss, our time is short, but we are so thankful to the Lord for your association with peace and that we don't want to end this show without asking you uh, how the Lord has used Basin Divinity School in your life and ministry, and uh, what you might say to listeners who are thinking about the possibility of Divinity School, seminary, further theological education about Beeson Divinity School. Well, that's not a hard one. Beeson has prepared me 
and equip me to stand before anybody, to rightly divide the word of God, to preach with integrity, to preach a word that will change lives, to preach a word that calls for a response, not the call and, and, and respond that I talked about earlier, but a call to whatever the text mandate, what motivates them to move toward what that the action of the text. Beeson taught me that. Robert Smith drilled that into me. And to this day, I preach with an outcome to my sermon. What would you have me to do? So Beeson definitely, definitely did that for me. They equipped me for my journey. What would I say to, to anyone? I can say about Beeson that they move with integrity, solid in the teaching of the word of God. I have experienced God in a fresh way, and I did it here every time I hit the campus. And so my next spiritual level came from encounters here, not just information, but another layer of transformation. So I would tell anybody, you get a full program here at, at Beeson. And I would certainly tell folk that a call to preach, as Dr. Gardner C. Taylor would say, is a call to prepare. Where? I recommend Beeson. Mm, thank you, Dr. Moss. Uh, before we end with one last question, I just want to tell our listeners that uh, Dr. Moss's sermon will be on our YouTube channel, which is at youtube.com slash Divinity. I highly encourage you to go to that channel and listen to the chapel message she delivered today on the beauty of holiness from 2 Corinthians. Well, Dr. Moss, this has been a wonderful conversation. Um, we always like to end by asking our guest what the Lord has been doing in your life, teaching uh, you these days that would encourage our listeners as uh, we wrap up the show. God has in these times, especially uh, behind COVID and all, God has been teaching this, that he's still God. And regardless of the time, he has never taken his eye off of us. I would say to anybody, dare to trust God. I have a very high view of God. And if I'm, I'm going to leave you with this. I'm not going to get scholarly and book, bookish. But my mama used to say, if you trust God for some things, trust him for all. I simply say to all of us, dare to trust God, even in times like these. Amen. You have been listening to the Reverend Dr. Mary Moss. She is the pastor of the St. Alma Baptist Church in Lakeland, Louisiana, the founder and executive director of Louisiana Area Women in Ministry and the director of the Southeast Regional Biblical Institute. She is a busy lady. She is an alumnus of Beeson Divinity School, got her doctor of ministry degree here in 2009. We are grateful that she's with us today. Thank you, Dr. Moss, for uh, spending the day with us, your old Thank friends you. here at Beeson. We're grateful for you. We're grateful for you, our listeners as well. We're praying for you and we say goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Beeson Podcast. Our theme music is written and performed by Advent Birmingham of the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama. 
Our engineer is Rob Willis. Our announcer is Mike Pascarello. Our co-hosts are Doug Sweeney and myself, Kristen Padilla. Please subscribe to the Beeson Podcast at beesondivinity.com slash podcast or on iTunes. Thank you.